to another episode of A Colts Podcast, brought to you by FanNation on SI.com. My name is Brandon, and I'm joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. Man, Big J journalist, Andrew Moore. Um, how's camp today, pal? How are you? How's camp? It's been a busy day, that's for sure. I've been up since before 5 a.m., but hey, we're we're rolling. We've been talking Colts football all day. was down there in Westfield uh, taking in practice. It was a lighter practice for the Colts today. Shells and shorts. Did a lot of 7-on-7, 11-on-11 work. Uh, got to speak with Gus Bradley. Got to give an update or get an update on Mike Strawn from the man himself. And uh, it was a good day down there at Colts camp. Weather was beautiful. Uh, if you haven't checked it out already, go on over to horseshoehuddle.com and see my notes for the day. But we're going to get into it right here. Plus, we've got a ticket giveaway to announce the winner of. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Ticket giveaway at the end of the episode. End of the um, episode. End of the episode. So, you know, stick around. <clears throat> um, a lot of fun NFL talk, I imagine, uh, today, too. So no reason to skip out of the episode, you know, after the Colts talk. But I'm doing fine. Um, one more day of work before uh, I get to leave for my bachelor party. Uh, bachelor, bachelorette party. Got the golf set up. Um, got the scars purchased. And uh, it's going to be a good weekend. I got, some, I got some surprises for you that I'll be bringing up to uh, old Lake St. Clair. So is it uh, an American flag speedo? It is not. You, you already wait. have that. I'm bringing an American hat, American flag captain, captain's hat. Nobody's allowed to drive the boat unless they're wearing it. <laughs> and that's just the rule. It's going to be a good um, time. <clears throat> it is. All right. So Andrew did go to camp today. Uh, if you go watch the uh, media availability uh, videos that the Colts put out, you will hear his voice asking Gus Bradley um, a question. Asking a oh, great question, by the way. It got Gus Bradley real excited. Um, as well as two questions, Mr. Mike Strong, who, by the way, did not know he sounds that way. Uh, <laughs> and then Zyra Franklin, who also seemed to think Andrew asked a good question. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to talk Colts versus Bills, uh, do a little recap on that preseason game. Uh, Colts lose 27 to 24. Um, general thoughts of that game is everybody chill the fuck out. Explicit. Okay. Everybody chill out because it's a preseason game. You know what I mean? It's a preseason game. Uh, first preseason game with new quarterback okay the most vanilla offense you can imagine a team running um <clears throat> i don't care if it's against second team you know what i mean uh another good point that i thought was brought up today while listening to other people talk about this game um you know smart individuals not people on twitter uh you know the best running back in the entire league who's going to make this offense churn also not playing in the football game okay so everybody take a chill pill Okay. I imagine we're going to talk about wide receivers, so I'll wait on that, but chill out. I thought I think, it was fine. Yeah, I think, I mean, there was obviously there was some bad that came out of it, but honestly, there was there was a lot of good that I think came out of it, too. I mean, we, we talk about, I saw a lot of Colts fans kind of getting up in arms about losing a, a, a last second field goal to the Buffalo Bills. The the results and result of these preseason games do not li matter. literally means nothing. I mean, do you remember Peyton Manning and these Colts teams going 0 and 4, 
year oh, after year after year. Whatever it was. I used to think, oh, no, we're going to suck before I knew anything about football. Year after year after year, and then just roll off 12 wins in their sleep. So the point of the preseason. In a row. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The point of the preseason is for the coaches to evaluate these guys, for players to knock a little bit of the rust off, and, and to really get a sense of, of where the team is at. And and I know some people were were also taking a little bit too much stock in some of the players' performances, and and we'll get to that. But overall, I thought I thought there was there was plenty of good. There's definitely some things that the Colts need to need to clean up on. But hey, first preseason game, first time really live action out there. Starters got plenty of work in, which was yeah. good to see, and I think even better to see was that the Colts came out of this game pretty unscathed as far as injuries are concerned. So I, th- I think there's plenty to, to gain from from what we saw uh, in Buffalo on Saturday afternoon. Uh, starting defense thrives. What are we for? Five turnovers? The Colts Where are all stats, together. Matt? He should be here. He was. I was talking to him earlier. But yeah, five turnovers for the Colts defense. Not just. I think the starters alone forced three turnovers in the first quarter. So the Colts defense picking up right where they left off to end the 2021 season. Um, we saw guys like like Nick Cross. Nick Cross mm-hmm. was a guy that not only in coverage but also st- stopping the run right up in there. And and I thought we got to see exactly why the Colts are so high on Nick Cross is because he can do everything. He's all over the field, has a nose for the ball, exactly what the Colts want in their strong safety. We saw Isaiah Rogers out there who not only uh, recovered a fumble, but he was also on the receiving end of an interception. Now, Isaiah Rogers did go down uh, with, with a, and is it currently in the concussion protocol did see him out there at practice today, which was good. He didn't participate, but he was at least out there. So a lot of times when guys are in concussion protocol, sometimes you don't even see them out there on the field, but he was, he had his Jersey on, he was watching from the sidelines. So good sign for Isaiah Rogers, but I was fairly impressed by, by the starting defense. I mean, it got off to a little bit of a rocky start as the bills drove it right down the field. Colts were able to hold them in the red zone, but at the same time, I think we saw the potential and kind of saw what we have been seeing from this defense for the last three weeks in Westfield. That they're they're aggressive. They can still turn the ball over at a high rate, and and they've got some players on the defensive side of the ball. Stats Matt says, "Come on, guys, Ellinger QB one, Philip Lindsay RB two, Pierce is a bust. Right, can't call plays, and the offensive line sucks. Obviously, <laughs> uh, this is the shit that people are actually saying on Twitter." I mean, this is absolutely unbelievable. I had uh, me and me and uh, Stats Matt together arguing against some moron that uh, was claiming that we should just be giving Ellinger a shot, um, and that he has a higher ceiling than Matt Ryan. So I go to this guy's page, uh, and Matt Ryan is washed up, of course. This is kind of on that note. I go to this guy's page. His most recent tweet that's not a reply says, "I see so much of Andrew Luck and Sam Ellinger," and I said. <laughs> Oh, so I'm dealing with an absolute pop tart here. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? So I immediately told that's Matt. We're done arguing with this guy. Um, people, those words, you know, he said that. So uh, chill out. The starting defense, though, um, back to that. I mean, you know, they weren't playing first stringers. They weren't playing Josh Allen. Um but people got to give a little more credit to the depth of this team, the the Bills team, um, 
offensively and on the defensive side of the ball in their depth. Uh, you know, I understand we didn't our our first team offense, and I know we can get in. Are we done with the defense for now? Well, I think one more thing is, and I, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but I certainly noticed DeForest Buckner causing mm-hmm. a lot of havoc in the middle of that line when the starters were out there. And I mean, we've we've kind of talked about it throughout the offseason. How is how is the addition of Yannick Ngakwe on one side, how is having Quiddy Pay on the other, taking that next step, how is it going to free up DeForest yeah. Buckner? And Buckner was only in there, I, I should have looked at the snap count, but he was only in there for probably a couple series or so. Mm-hmm. But he was certainly making his presence felt, getting through that that Bills offensive line and getting right in the face of Case Keenum. Yeah. Uh, it, he looked good. Buckner looked like all pro Buckner out there. Yeah, and every, keep in mind also, uh, Darius Leonard not on the field, and the defense looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, yeah, in regards to the to the Ellinger thing, Swag Kelly, exactly. Literally, Andrew, a couple years, I was like, I think I think this guy needs to be on the team. At least be on the team. You're like, Brady's playing third and fourth string players. Like, sure, he looked great now, but he's not even going to make the football team. Yeah, and I, I, Sam I Ellinger wanna, may not make the football team. I don't want to bash Sam Ellinger because no. I thought Sam, I thought Sam Ellinger, he actually probably looked as good as we have seen him. Honestly, yeah. he went ten for eleven, had two touchdowns. He was able to to escape the pocket when it broke down. He, he also his, sprinted twenty yards straight backwards and took a sack that was saved by a penalty. Kept his eyes down the field, like he said. Britt, he almost took a very terrible sack that was saved by a penalty. But we saw, I think, a little bit more zip on the ball than we did yeah. last year with Sam Ellinger. And that's kind of how what I've noticed when I've been in Westfield at practice. He does have a little bit more zip on the ball. He's been in an NFL weight room for, for over a year now. So it's bound to happen. But, again, we need to slow the roll on Sam Ellinger. Again, he was going up against the third stringers. Some guys aren't even going to make an yeah. NFL team. So while he did look good and that was encouraging – Let's kind of hold our horses on anointing him the savior me. and the future quarterback of the Indianapolis. Colts. I would I would love to keep Sam on the team. And you and I talked about this this weekend after the game, uh, you know, as a gadget guy. But why do we need that? We have the number one running back in the league, and then we have one of the best gadget guys in the league. He just so happens to be running back, not quarterback like a Taysom Hill. Naheem Hines is going to do everything besides throw the football. Hell, he might throw the football at some point this year. We, Who knows? So we we don't need two guys that are gadget guys. And, you know, no disrespect to Naheem is either calling him a gadget guy, but that's what he is. He's incredible. Um, but, yeah, let's move on from Sam Ellinger because, realistically, he's probably going to hit the waivers. Hopefully, he sneaks through. Hopefully, we lock him on the practice squad. But in all likelihood, he's probably gone. Um, especially with a little injury over in Jets world. Who knows? I don't know. Um, let's talk about the starting offense, though. Again, in regards to this Bills team, they're the Super Bowl favorites. Okay. I would hope they have a little bit of depth. So their second string defense, who probably a ton of those guys have played together for a while, at least some of them. Okay. They're playing against an offense who's never played live snaps against another team in an NFL game against an offense offensive play caller who's using a snippet of the playbook. What what else do you expect? Well, I think I think the key in all of this, especially when you're looking at the offensive side of the ball, I mean, there were a lot of people who 
we're we're worried about the the starters on offense not being able to move the ball more. And and I mean I I agree probably to 20% of that. I would say I would have liked to see the Colts move the ball a little bit more, have some more success. The offensive line did struggle at times. Um some of the wide receivers couldn't create separation. But we also need to remember the the plays and and this Colts offense is as vanilla as it gets and as vanilla as you will see all season long. Yep. The Colts weren't Frank Reich was not scheming guys open. The Colts right. weren't showing their hand on on really anything that they're going to use in in the regular season. They're they're out there to kind of just get guys warmed up, get their legs underneath them and 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 kind of try to put guys in positions where they can still make plays. Yeah. But at the same time, not risk them getting injured. I mean, there what there's really no gain in in showing this stuff and having a big offensive explosion in week yep. one of the preseason. There's absolutely zero to gain from it. So it'll it did allow Matt Ryan to to try to work with his receivers in a live game situation. It allowed Danny Pinter and and Matt Pryor to get some live game reps out there with the starting offensive line, which is good. But again, we need to slow our roll, hold our horses on saying that this offense is dead this offense has a ton of problems we haven't seen anything of what this offense is going to actually look like come week one in houston so i thought i i was fine with it i mean i i think the offense you have to remember also we're and we're not gonna by the way the colt's best weapon wasn't out there jonathan taylor and he's not going to be. He should. He should stay on the sidelines until week one in Houston. So I'm not worried about this Colts. Uh, this Colts offense one bit. As stats Matt says, Wright kind of said he forced the wide receivers into one on ones, and we showed no mesh concepts. Stats Matt is exactly right. That came directly from Frank Reich yep. after the game. So very, like I said, very vanilla. Test the wide these young wide receivers so that way when training camp and preseason, it's harder than it actually is come week one in Houston. And, and then they can start building their confidence and, and really start showing what this offense is made of from there on out. Thoughts on Matt Ryan? Thought he was solid. I mean, you saw the command he had of the offense, you saw his accuracy yep. out there. Uh uh, again, he saw some plays that he made that, that, I mean, then there were a couple drops. I mean, there was a drop by Alec Pierce. Uh, there was uh, 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 Paris Campbell, I think. a drop by Paris Campbell that could have extended the the drive. Pitt so had I, one kind of knocked out of his hands. That was, that was a questionable throw on fourth down. I, I, I thought, I thought he was, he was solid. I mean, yeah. he was, he was accurate. He made quick decisions with the football, didn't put wide receivers in a, in a bad spot when they didn't need to be. So yeah, for, for his first preseason game, I, I didn't have any, any qualms with how Matt Ryan played. Yeah. And I, I was, I was happy with it. I was happy to see him take snaps. Looks awesome. And uh, Colts white, I'll tell you that much right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Anthony Hurt here makes a good point as well. Atlanta thought they had a shot at Watson, uh, and that's the only reason they parted with Ice, uh, Matty Ice. And it, part of that was, I mean, they they the, by the time they parted with him, they, they knew they weren't getting Watson, but that was enough for him. Um, I think that was enough for him to to want to part ways and and go uh, take a shot. But um, oh 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 oh. No crap, stats, man. Um, wide receivers. This is where this is my biggest issue. Honestly, this is 
because I can't even take people saying Matt, Matt Ryan isn't shouldn't be QB one seriously or Nick Foles QB two even. I'd entertain that. Maybe it's okay, Anthony. I'm just joking around. Uh, goodness gracious. Um, <laughs> but saying the wide receiver, I'm, I'm sick of we have to go get a vet right wide receiver. We have to sign T.Y. This team needs a veteran. There's no way. Like, we're deranged if we don't go get another vet. No, we don't. Okay? Sure. Would it be nice? Absolutely. Okay? We don't need it. It's not a absolutely do or die situation. We have wide receivers who, again, Frank Reich said, we force them into situations that were going to be hard on them. We want to see, we, you know, they're trial by fire. They're trying to put them into tough situations so that when scheming guys open, running mesh routes that are going to create better openings, um, play action situations that are going to help guys get open as well. Okay. Shut up. That's it. <laughs> Give it a minute. Okay, it was preseason game one. Oh, they weren't creating separation. Okay, and and that's it. So I think I I mean let's go through let's just go through the depth chart. I think Michael Pittman looked like Michael Pittman. We saw the Colts on one particular play get it to Michael Pittman on a screen, and I think we're going to see this a lot more, getting the ball quickly to Michael Pittman or getting it to him in space, and we're going to see that 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 run after catch ability that that Michael Pittman possesses that we didn't necessarily see yeah. last season. Paris Campbell, I, I thought Paris Campbell was a little bit of a disappointment to me um, just because he did have some opportunities to make some catches and he Couple. didn't convert. And I think for Paris Campbell especially, you, you need to capitalize on every single opportunity that's presented to you. Alec Pierce, I mean, welcome to the NFL, Alec Pierce. On that third and two, uh, he got jammed at the line of scrimmage, and he was, had trouble getting off of it and ended up in a drop. However, he yeah. did come back from that. He had a really nice in-breaking route there. I think it was in the second quarter. Nick, I think it was Nick Foles delivered the ball accurately to to Alec Pierce and and we saw him be able to make that play down the field I think that's what we need to see a little bit more of from Alec Pierce as we go through the rest of camp and and the preseason uh Ashton Doolin made a couple of plays with the second team the second team wide receiver or second team offense uh and and you really like to see Ashton Doolin again He's secured that fourth wide receiver role. He's going to be a guy that that comes in periodically for for Pittman or Pierce Campbell, whoever, and and you're you're just going to be able to trust that Ashton Doolin is is going to do his job. So, did the wide receivers impress me? I wouldn't say that. I would say that they they did have some some opportunities that they didn't capitalize on. But I mean, you talked about the separation issue, and I, I do think that that is something that the Colts are aware of and and are working on. Because today at practice, during individual uh, position drills. Reggie Wayne was out there with with a bag, and he was up yeah. give, getting physical with these wide receivers. I put a video of it out there on Twitter, trying to help these guys with their separation at the top of their cuts. So, the, this group is still a work in progress. And again, it kind of gets back to just everyone needs to just slow down a little bit. It was preseason game one. I think this, these wide receivers are and, going to be fine, especially when the offense is vanilla. Frank Reich is helping to scheme these guys. Open. practice this week. They get more, more, 
more live comfortable reps. with with live reps and with Matt Ryan as the quarterback in those live game situations. Right. So it's a young wide receiver group, but hey, there's going to be some growing pains. That's just going to be expected. All right, standouts. I'll go first. Isaiah Rogers. Hot damn. Interception. I believe he picked up a fumble. Dude's got to be on the football field. Darius Butler said it uh, yesterday. Um, this dude is a playmaker. This dude needs to be on the football field. Okay. And I don't know. I did what right now. I can't even think the other guy's name. I didn't Brandon hear his Mason. name. Face didn't hear his name Saturday. Did you? I, I mean, I, I saw him help out in the running game. He didn't really have too many opportunities in, in against the pass, but I, I do think that, that Isaiah Rogers was probably the standout. As Tim Milliken says, I just admire the fact that Brandon would propose marriage just to get to a bachelor party at an undisclosed and well-air-conditioned location. Kind of an extreme plan just to get some AC besides odds are he winds up passed out on the lake on or on a raft covered in permanent marker. Is that going to be our uh, our goal for you this weekend? Oh, by I the way, not. I had somebody ask me at camp today if your air conditioning had been fixed yet. You're so, shitting me. I, I swear to God. Who someone, asked you that? Someone asked me. They were like, hey, did Brandon ever get his AC fixed? So uh, who was this? It was uh, RC Evans. It was our Colts, Colts loyalist. So uh, oh, our buddy. Shit. Yeah. So he was there. So <laughs> that's awesome. The, pe- the, the people are, are all wondering whether you're going to be. I should cool be. Or not. I should be coming home uh, to. A nearly finished air conditioning unit Sunday. There you go. We uh we got uh we have not we took out a bunch of concrete around the corner uh where the unit's gonna be and we're we got it all set up to lay a nice new slab of concrete for that to be on and a nice spot for my uh dumpster and recycling bin to go on. Uh so now we just gotta actually lay the concrete and uh then my dad's gonna finish installing everything. So uh Hopefully go. we are real close at the end of this weekend <laughs> as it's starting to cool off. Last week was nice and cool. I mean, I was, I was a happy camper last week, but um, uh, anyway, someone brought me up before that. We were talking about Isaiah Rogers, Brandon Faison. <laughs> uh, sorry. I had to bring up his uh, Tim's joke here. Cause it was very funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, Isaiah, Isaiah Rogers has been, has been, playing well and and we obviously saw the ball skills again on on saturday uh, i already touched on our Al, uh, nick cross nick cross was a guy that definitely stood out to me and then i want to shout out kylan granson kylan granson uh as i think over the past couple couple of weeks i mean all the all the talk has been going to drew ogletree and what he's been doing kylan granson has slowly been coming on in camp and and he continued that on sunday with yep. a couple nice catches continued that today at colts camp matt ryan looked kylan granson's way a lot and kylan granson was open quite a bit he's out there creating separation and making plays that's why i think there's tight a tight end battle is interesting it really is because when you look at when you look at the whole tight end room, I mean six foot five Mo Ali Cox, six five Drew Ogletree, six foot seven Jelani Woods, and then there's the smaller guy in Kylan Granson, and you want to call him small, he's still six foot two. Yeah. But Kylan Granson stands out because his skill set is just a little bit different from all the rest of the tight ends. And he can certainly I I 
without a doubt, think he is the one that can create the most separation out of any of the tight ends. He has a stranglehold on that move tight end, that F tight end position in this offense. And I think you're seeing the Colts ramp him up because the Colts are starting to have a bigger plan for him going into this year. And behind Michael Pittman Jr., Kylan Granson has received the second most targets from Matt Ryan. And I think that's very intentional for this Colts offense. All right. And well, shoot. I was going to pull up some stats to talk about my disappointment, but uh, that four string quarterback, I mean, just absolutely. Jack Cohen. Abs- yeah, Cohen. Uh, absolutely a disappointment. Ruined the spread, ruined the Colts money line. I mean, just did everything wrong. It, Jack Cohen, he looked hugely, lost out there. So bad. He looked so bad. He, he looked he looked so lost. And it was such a such a drastic drop from when Sam Ellinger came out of the game. Jack Cohn comes into the game in the fourth quarter, and the offense does nothing. And I legitimately so mean nothing. He could he was one for five for zero yards in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Be just bad as bad can be. And I there was talking about Jack Cohn and my dog starts barking, he's so pissed off. You there, know. There, there were some other factors. I mean, the offensive line, the fourth string offensive lineman didn't necessarily do a great job. But yeah, I mean, if you thought there was a competition there at QB3, there isn't one any longer. Yeah. Um, I don't think there ever was, but there's not going to be a QB3 in my our opinion. <laughs> you know what? He might win QB3 because if Sam gets uh, cut and gets picked up on waivers, we might just have Cohen left. That might be our only option. He could, he could go to the practice squad, but he's yeah. he's not doing that great of a job at uh, proving that he's worthy of even a practice squad spot at this point. That was rough. Any other uh, serious disappointments, Andrew? I'm not, I'm not wildly disappointed with anything. I thought Jordan Murray, uh, the backup right tackle, had a really good opportunity on Saturday, too. With Dennis Kelly out, Jordan Murray had a good opportunity to come in and and really put up a fight and, and enter that conversation to be the backup right tackle. And yeah. absolutely just got blown away by... Um, I think there was one play where I think he was responsible for the blown up play that caused the strip sack on on Nick Foles that ended up getting returned for a touchdown. So Jordan Murray was one of my big disappointments out there. Um, but and then I, I I think on my column for stock up stock down, I was a little bit disappointed with Paris Campbell just because Paris Campbell needs to make the most out of every opportunity, and so far he hasn't done that, or at least he didn't. He he had, did not do that against the Buffalo Bills on Saturday. Oh, also, Philip Lindsay was a standout for me as well. I think we talked about it a little bit. Definitely uh, running back number three. Very Philip impressive. Lindsay, Philip Lindsay is pretty much a lock to make this roster as running back three. Yeah, which, by the way, forgot Philip Lindsay was on this team. Not it, it, The game didn't remind me, but something I was like, oh, my God, Philip Lindsay's on the team. I, I, I constantly forget him and Nick Foles. Um, by the way, Nick Foles was saying really nice things about Jack Cohn absolute liar Nick Foles um Andrew went down to Westfield today as we said before he was at camp he was a media member today big J journalist got four questions in uh that you can hear if you go watch uh those clips on colts.com uh Andrew let's hear some highlights from what you saw today you had a couple questions for Mike Strawn any particular reason that uh you wanted to make sure to get a couple extra questions in for him 
Well, for Mike Strawn, it's this is today where he made his camp debut. This was the first time we've seen him since since OTAs, early in OTAs. And can't, he, he disclosed to us today that the reason he's been out so long is because he tore the meniscus in his right knee in OTAs. So did a scope on the knee. He's all healed up. Mike Strawn out there, first first day at camp for, for number 17, had zero restrictions out there. He was immediately running with the second team offense, made a couple catches in, in teamwork today, and he looked good. So I, I just kind of wanted to see where yeah. where he was at if he had any restrictions on that knee and also kind of what he's been doing because he hasn't been able to do things physically what what has he really been focusing on throughout the offseason to still make sure he's he's checked in and 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 still trying to improve and and he talked about how he's been trying to be locked in mentally studying the playbook making sure he knows the plays knows the routes because that was a big thing with Mike Strong last year is yeah. is just not knowing the route tree so he wanted to stay stay locked in and and it didn't look like he was he was overthinking things he looked like he knew what he was doing out there he was moving fast he was cutting and and i think mike strong coming into this wide receiver battle completely changes the outlook for the end for the bottom end of the roster because we knew that desmond patman and mike strong were going to be fighting kiki qt has been has been pretty good in camp and now QT is dealing with a groin injury. Does this this open the door for Strawn? Well, as Strawn make a couple catches, if he can keep this up and then continue to perform in the preseason like we saw a year ago and even take a ne that next step, we start to talk about Strawn becoming that wide receiver five or having a bigger role on this team, seeing that potential with him start to be tapped into. So Strawn, he, he said he's, he's very happy to be out there and uh, uh, he, he looked like he was good to go and, and hungry to make an impact on the practice field today. I'm really excited about his opportunities. Uh, he mentioned special teams today. Stats Matt Sam Patman had a good special teams gunner rep today. Um, so maybe a little battle there. Stats Matt campaigning for strong uh, wide receiver five. What, yeah, probably realistic. Could could happen. And yeah, Strawn and Patman, if they're going to make this team and and not just be healthy scratches every yeah. every game. They're going to have to con contribute on special teams, and and like I said in my my piece, my notes today, Patman was out there getting reps at Gunner, Strawn was out there getting reps at Gunner. They're they're going to need to take on these bigger roles, but but besides Mike Strawn well, out there, see there, he saw Matt Matt Ryan had he sort of had an up and down day, but his his ups were very good. So we'll start with there. I mean, he he had a nice double move to Michael Pittman down the sideline for about thirty five yards. Uh, he, he hit Naheem Hines on a wheel route that would have ended up being like a 65-yard TD. That was good to see. Mm -hmm. But then he had some others that that weren't so good. I mean, Kylan Granson wide open down the left sideline. I'm talking like 10, 15 yards wide open. Matt Ryan with probably the worst throw of camp that I've seen from him. Terribly underthrown. Kylan Granson basically had to sit there and wait for it for a couple seconds. Allowed Nick Cross to get right there and knock the ball out just as it arrived. Um, and then he and then he got picked off trying to force the ball to Michael Pittman. Kenny Moore got in there, tipped it up. Beautiful diving interception by Julian Blackman out there to, to pick it off. So he had his ups and downs. But but I think right after the interception, that's when he hit Pittman for 35 yards, hit Hines for 65, responded well to that. But it was a very, it was a very light day for the Colts. Uh, yeah. 
They didn't do really any one-on-ones. They're preparing for the intense practices tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday that the Detroit Lions are going to be a part of because it's going to be full full pads. The intensity is going to be ramped up. They're going to be going 11 on 11 uh, starters versus starters are getting in some real good work for these teams. So yeah, it was, it was a good practice. Um, thoughts, thoughts, uh, Dio Dangbo stood out again. Ben Banigou stood out. Uh, there was a play that Grover Stewart made in the backfield on a, it was a reverse where Jonathan Taylor tossed to Naheem Hines. I saw you tweet about that one. Grover blew that up for about a four yard loss. So a lot of team, a lot of team drills today, but uh, it was, it was good to see all those guys back onto the field. Give the offense some time. Everybody give the offense some time. Um, so let's talk about this Colts versus Alliance preview. It's not only a preview for a preseason game, but um, a preview for a joint practice, a preview for uh, hard knocks. Saw little, hard knocks little, crews there. They were setting up. They were getting yeah. those uh, those wide angle shots of the uh, Colts practice field. So very cool. Now that I'm jealous there. of. Uh, I mean, I'm jealous of you talking to you know players and coaches. But I don't know. Um, all right, so joint practice this week. What can we expect? Uh, Stats Matt said earlier, I think with uh, Dan Campbell practice coming to town, I think you can expect an aggressive, uh, hard-hitting, rough practice, probably a few scuffles. It's probably going to be a few scuffles. I, I think they're, they're, they're going to toe the line of making sure that it's competitive and a hard practice without putting guys at risk for, for injury because yeah. – if you're doing that, then the whole point of these joint practices is mute because you're you're risking your guys being hurt. Yeah. For for again, we're in the preseason for literally no reason. And at if there's all. an so, issue, the Colts will tell whoever wants to come next year. No. Exactly. So that they are going to get a lot of work in uh, in these practices. So and and they're going to be intense. So so we're probably not going to see the starters much, if at all, on Saturday against the Lions. But <laughs> there's your answer to topic number two. No, <laughs> I, as far as scuffles concerned, I mean, you, if you got to put your money on Michael Pittman jr. Being oh, yeah. involved in at least one scuff, is there a line on that? There should be, should we do, uh, <laughs> let's do like point. Should we do 0.5 scuffles or 1.5 scuffles? I say 1.5 of Michael Pittman jr. 0.5, but total scuffles 1.5. He will, oh. he will be half the scuffles. I'm going to take the over on both of those. Yeah. But for sure, it's going to be interesting to see because, again, Matt Ryan's going to get go up against live uh, live defenses again. I'm yep. sure that this Detroit Lions defense is is going to try to be physical with the with the Colts wide receivers up front. Obviously, Michael Pittman, but Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce. How do those guys react to that? Can we see them have success? What about the tight ends? Kylan Granson, Mo Ali Cox, who's been very, very quiet all through camp. Do Drew Ogletree or Jelani Woods show out a little bit? Uh, how does Matt Pryor and Braden Smith handle going up against the number two overall pick in Aiden Hutchinson? And right. then over on the other side of the ball. Yeah, that's I mean, good work for them this week. 
Right, exactly. Then on the other side of the ball, Unique Ngakwe, Quiddy Pay going up against Panay Sewell, uh, Stefan Gilmore, and Amon Ross St. Brown. There, there's quite a few matchups all over here that are going to be very, very interesting to watch. And and I, I mean, for me, I think the Colts defense is going to be able to take care of the Lions offense pretty well. It's going to be for me seeing how these Colts wide receivers and Matt Ryan go up against the, the Lions defenders and see if they can have success. Which, by the way, this team's not very good. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping people are walking away from this um, exchange saying the Colts won, you know, the, the mixed practices. But um, speaking of Penny Sewell, one of the guys we talked about in the in his draft, uh, Alex Leatherwood, another one that we talked about in that draft, not good. Mm-hmm. Not panning out. Penny Sewell <laughs> panning out well. Leatherwood that we thought was high on our list not panning out so he's he's not he's he's been moved around quite a bit over there in in las vegas i will say this about the joint practices some of the most intense battles in these joint practice sessions Mm -hmm. are the one-on-ones are the wide receivers and tight ends against the cornerbacks and safeties and then the offensive linemen versus defensive linemen those A lot of times that's where you the scuffles break out because you're trying to win that rep. Those reps are extra physical and and tempers can can start to flare. So well, well that's probably one of the top areas that that you're going to want to pay attention to and and follow along with with guys on the beat to see who's winning those matchups, especially for the Colts when you're talking about like a Paris Campbell or an Alec Pierce. Yeah, and what I what I want to see, like I, what I want to see out of the Colts this week, is just a little more success on offense. That's mm-hmm. it, a little more rhythm, but that, that can, it's something that's going to take time. But I would like to see the offense uh, get to walk away feeling good about their competition this week. Right, and then I think when you when you go to the game, yeah, the starters might not play a lot if at all, but. I think this game still holds a lot of importance for guys like like you just the on the defensive side of the ball alone. When you're talking about guys like like Dio Odangbo, yeah. Ben Banigu, um, Ifedi Odenigbo, um RJ McIntosh, guys like that, those these backups along the defensive line who are trying to create a name for themselves, uh, trying to to boost their confidence going into the regular season and 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 really carve out a role on that defensive line because we know the starters are set but behind that there's still quite a few spots up for grabs to be in that regular eight to nine man rotation on the defensive line so you start you start proving that in preseason games gaining the trust of gus bradley and this defense by the way talking to gus bradley about dio dangbo today when i asked him that question his eyes just lit up he loves him some dio dangbo and he loves to see him coming along not really thinking too as much just kind of going out there playing fast playing loose and we're seeing dio dangbo saturday he had quite a few rushes like i said he had a nice play today breaking up a pass on sam ellinger getting his big mitt in there so Gus yeah. Bradley loves him some Dio Dangbo. And go and watch, go watch Gus that. Bradley chat with the media today. And Andrew asks about Dio, and Gus Bradley lights up at that question. He I did. mean, Andrew got Gus Bradley pumped up today. Uh, very Chris cool. Bradley, very nice man. Very nice man. So He's, nice. He talked with us for for a long time. Took extra questions after it was done. Yeah, uh, big fan of Gus Bradley. All right, and uh, let's move along to some other Colts news, Andrew. Wait, real quick. Prediction. Okay. Prediction. Lions-Colts Sunday. What do you think? I'm taking Colts. I think they bounce back. 
goals by a million. I think Sam Elliott goes out there, throws for about 175 and three tuds. We get Colts Nation all up in a in a tussle about uh Sam Ellinger being the next Andrew. We Luck. get a whole we get a whole half of Nick Foles. Quarter and a half? I'd say probably a quarter. They probably quarter and be, a half him, quarter and a half Sam, a quarter from geez, that's still way too much time Cohen. for Jack Cohn. I, I have a feeling that that's probably when it's gonna be. And you'll see Matt Ryan there with the baseball cap on the sidelines. Yeah, maybe calling plays, being a coach for the day, like Kyler Murray. <laughs> Except he, uh, Kyler Murray, with all that film that he's been watching. Was that a joke or was that legit? Kyler Murray was like down there, coach, like pretending to coach and call plays. I didn't see that. I swear. I swear. I, maybe I saw on the Snapchat or something. It was the ESPN Snapchat, though, and those fuckers are lying all the time. Explicit. Explicit. Those highlights, literally every time they post something on the Snapchat stories, dead lie gotcha headline <laughs> um all right let's talk about other colts news and we'll move it through this quick injury designations culture move uh wide receiver mike strong from the pup list uh remaining on the pup list is linebacker darius shaquille leonard saw him again at practice today he was joking around jogging up and down the field i don't care he's it's it's all it's just all still at this point just all about getting that strength back so and and talking to Zaire Franklin, he spoke about Shaquille Leonard and said that he nobody wants to be back sooner than than Shaquille Leonard. So again, kind of going into your theory, maybe he pushes himself too much. You know we'll what? Uh, let's back it up just a hair. Uh, Mister J five six seven says, "Just leave Cone on the sidelines. He ain't the guy. Better idea: put his ass out there for two and a half quarters." <laughs> uh and leave sam ellinger on the bench so that there's no more tape of that man out there uh so you can get through waivers if we have to cut him um colts release offensive tackle jason spriggs wide receiver isaiah rogers not isaiah rogers um that's it, startling to read if you if you don't pay attention to the wide receiver part you know isaiah ford so th that's that's on me hey oh okay Got a new phone and we had two still, Isaiah Rogers. Yeah, and it still uh still changes things up on me. But Isaiah Ford, because the Colts did make their cuts today to get down to the 85 player mark. Technically, they have 86 because Marcel Dabo with the international uh player pathway program doesn't okay. count against the number, but yeah, Isaiah oh Ford. You sure do know how to take an unimportant segment, and make it double the the amount of time Listen, people need to know way colts wave offensive tackle brandon kemp wide receiver michael young jr and cornerback alexander myers do you want to tell me their life stories as well if you want to hear it okay colts named <laughs> colts that have so far been named to the nfl top 100 list of force buckner coming in at 66 and kenny moore the second at 82 some respect for that man You always uh, forget to turn the uh, applause back. Oh, I don't use the sound effects very often. Okay, eighty. Kenny Moore showing up at number eighty-two. First time he's been on the top one hundred list, so I think well deserved. DeForest Buckner, sixty-six, lower two, than last year. He was twenty-seven last yep. year. He did not so, have as great of a year last year. Do you think sixty-six is fair? Do you think he should be a little bit higher? Do you think it's too harsh to get him down to sixty? It depends. Do you think he's the second best defensive tackle in the league? 
second or third, depending on your flavor. If you like Chris Jones or DeForest Buckner, I think those guys are probably 2A and 2B. Jeffrey Simmons could be thrown in there probably. Um, I don't know. It's it's good. But, hey, you know what? Justin Tucker's in there now too. We got a little nickel representation, Kenny Moore. Justin Tucker for the brand uh, on there. That's probably – Trademarks. First, I'm probably not allowed to say that. First kicker to be on the top 100 list since Adam Vinatieri, old Vinny, best kicker of all time. Best kicker of all time. Now, uh, surefire Hall of Famer. They announced 100 through 51, so there's 50 through one left. Two Colts have been named. Who do you th- do you think of the remaining 50? Which Colts make it in that top 50? Uh, Jonathan Taylor's a lock. Darius Leonard's a lock. Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson should be a lock, but if there was one that all of a sudden out of the blue just blew your mind, they left out, be Quentin Nelson for missing time a little bit last year, not just not having as great of a year as we're used to seeing him have last year, but I would be, I, mean, I would still be absolutely shocked if that man uh, is not on the top 100 list. I still think most players consider him the best guard yeah. in the NFL or number two behind Zach Martin. So I think, I think Q probably isn't in the top 20, may not even be in the top 30, but I think Quentin's in there. Yeah. Um, Shaquille Leonard, I think will probably end up. That's what I said, Matt Gilmore. Stefan Gilmore has a chance, man. I, I don't know exactly we'll where he'd end up. It's all the players. This is well, then Stefan Gilmore might be in there. 100% determined by the players. JT, I think easily top 10. Easily. Yeah. I okay. probably put JT. He might be looking at too many quarterbacks are going to clog up the top five. Five to seven. Too many quarterbacks are going to clog up the top five. Uh, I bet yeah. Derrick Henry gets voted in above him. I don't know about that. I think so, Aaron, I think top five would probably be something like Aaron Donald, obviously. TJ Watts up there, Cooper Cup is up there uh josh allen patrick mahomes aaron Rodgers, tom, tom brady tom brady aaron Rodgers, jt i think jt could be between the five and seven range all right um are we good there we'll see we'll see they it'll come out eventually and then we can talk <laughs> about it some more um news around the league news around the league News around the league. Uh, Jets quarterback. Yikes. This is so sad. I heard about this this morning. Did not know until this morning. Jets quarterback Zach Wilson had a procedure done on his right knee after injury against the Eagles. Status in doubt for week one. I thought it was worse than that. I thought it was a meniscus or something. Is it? Can I get an update stats, Matt? It is a meniscus. So the the initial diagnosis is a, is a torn meniscus. He had the procedure done this morning since I've been at Colts camp and traveling all day. I haven't really seen if there's been an update on it. I thought it was Joe Flacco season. It is Joe Flacco season. They're talking about trading for Jimmy, Jimmy G like is what people are, you know, speculating. Like, I don't know that week one is the problem. I think week six. Hey, how many Super Bowls does Joe Flacco have? One more than Colin Kaepernick. (laughs) How many Super Bowls does Jimmy Garoppolo have? Zero. Well, I think he might have some as like a backup for the Patriots. Now that I think about it, but yeah, that's as a starter, you get it. Joe Flacco still elite. Apparently. 
So okay. stats back coming in clutch, saying it was a cleanup two to four weeks. They said the procedure was perfect and nothing more than a trim, which I think is probably best case scenario for Zach Wilson. Obviously, he's still going to miss probably a, a few weeks. So yeah. like two, two to four weeks, he's still going to miss a couple games, but it doesn't necessarily tank the Jets season. So it could have been a lot worse. I mean, it could have been torn ACL done for the year for Zach Wilson. Eagles trade wide receiver J.J. Arcega-Whiteside to the Seahawks for defensive back Ugo Amati. All right. Never JJ heard of either one of these folks. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, I think he was taken in the draft, the same draft as Paris Campbell, like one of those wide receivers, and he just has not panned out whatsoever. And I think the Eagles, Eagles were in the same boat as, as the Colts as far as not taking like A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, uh, Hunter Renfro, DK Metcalf, all those guys. I don't think you could read his name. There's going to be there's so many letters. I don't think you could read his name on the back of his jersey from the first row of the stadium with binoculars. <laughs> That's a lot of letters to fit on a jersey. Uh, Raven, Ravens corner, Marcus Peters, Browns corner, Denzel Ward, and Packers tight end, Bob Tunyon have all three been activated from the pup list big names coming back and and each one means a lot to their respective teams i mean denzel ward top five cornerback in the league marcus peters definitely is needed there for that ravens defense and then yeah. without without uh Devontae adams aaron Rodgers needs some some weapons having bob tunyon out there definitely helps Patriots place cornerback Malcolm Butler on IR and the Chiefs signed defensive lineman Danny Shelton. Malcolm Butler trying to make a comeback with the Patriots, the team Not that made good. him famous and uh, ends up on season ending IR because I I don't know if I since the IR rules have have gone back to what they were, I think I'm not sh you can still return I think but uh, I think it can't be done until like the beginning of the season beginning of the regular season something like that so yeah poor malcolm butler but i think he'll be fine i feel like there's more stuff that happened in the nfl this week that i wanted to talk about and you didn't put any of it in there so no storylines oh deshaun watson got <laughs> brutalized in jacksonville <laughs> what were they we were... What, were, what were they screaming i'm not gonna say it you F know you, i don't pervert F uh, you sick you, you sick, sick f-word you sick fuck that's <laughs> awesome everybody in jacksonville in the stands grandmas the children are screaming you <laughs> that's incredible good Man. for jacksonville proud of them for that i mean the cleveland browns are gonna get just crucified every home game this season they deserve they probably deserve it so for making that kind of move uh, stats, Matt, if you're done, if you're put on IR, you, it's, it's like 12 weeks or something. It's not the whole season. You can come back smart ass. What stats do you know? Um, all right. It's the moment. Probably some people have been waiting for, <laughs> we're going to announce the ticket giveaway winner. I didn't uh, ask you, do you have a drum roll on that soundboard? Don't think I do. Wait. Nope. <laughs> I've got some drums. Uh, all right, here we go. Here, this is good. This is a good lead up. 
Hey, and also, don't be the guy that takes the shit in the poor potties. All right? I, I, I went in there. I about threw up. All right? Have a little. That's a good lead-in. And the winner of the A Colts podcast ticket giveaway is Adam Gettinger. Adam Gettinger. Hardly nowhere. <laughs> at Wyoming Adam on Twitter. Congratulations. Round you of have applause. Won. Well, now I got to go back. You know how many buttons there are, Andrew? You have won two tickets to the Colts preseason game against the Detroit Lions, uh, where you're going to see a lot of Jack Cone uh, this Saturday. And a parking pass. So the parking pass was given. You get to talk the whole fucking show. <laughs> all I want to do is announce the winner of this damn contest that you did all the work for. Yeah, no They're your kidding. tickets you're giving away. And all I want to do is announce it. And shout out Colts since Bert on Twitter for the parking pass. That is an additional prize for Adam Gettinger. And hey, Adam was one of those people who did take a screenshot of his review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I don't remember which one and sent it in to us. Uh, so that extra ticket. Hey, you got, got the extra entry in there, but yeah, I, I mean, appreciate everybody that entered. We love all of our supporters. I <laughs> told you more sound effects, <laughs> but yeah, Adam, congratulations. Uh, I'll be contacting you on Twitter to get all that sent on over to you. Uh, and hopefully you have a great time there down at Lucas oil stadium this weekend. New news, drew lock COVID positive. Yeah. He'll get over it. Yeah. And guess what? New news. It's not going to kill. <laughs> Congrats, Adam. Congrats, Adam. Um, and Andrew will contact you. Um, Adam Gettinger, hardly know her. Thanks. Uh, thanks for playing. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for playing. And uh, let's get back to the old fashioned. Uh, go check us out, you know, on our socials at a Colts podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we do have an intern. I am going to make that intern do things, uh, possibly, maybe. And uh, we'll see if, uh, you know, the activity on those items pick up a little more, specifically the the old uh, Instagram. Anything else? It's been a long day for myself personally, but, hey, it's all been around Colts football. Trade practices this week. They're going to be intense, to say the least. So keep watching. Go Colts. Hey, man. Thank you, Andrew, for putting in all that work. And go Colts. Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you and God bless football.